Am I awake yet? Leaving a cult, Matrix or Inception? For many of us who've left a cult, the film The Matrix is very special to us. The concept of being manipulated and controlled by a malevolent force by keeping you asleep feels incredibly poignant to many of us. And the metaphor of waking up is one that many of us use in our exit stories. At some level, the movie also provides a buzz of self-congratulation. Sure, we're not quite Neo, but we have been through a similar journey. And we did it ourselves. I often say that it's my greatest achievement. And I'm proud that I managed it. As great as the movie is, though, it's a fairly simple plot. Man is dreaming away his life, completely unaware he's living in a simulation. He gets woken up, gets welcomed to the real world joins the resistance and fights evil machine overlords. But what if Neo at some point had asked the question, how do I know that I'm not still asleep? It's a question hinted at by the Matrix reboot, but there is a movie that grabs hold of this question and bashes you over the head with it, and that is Inception, the 2010 masterpiece from writer-director Christopher Nolan. The movie is set in a world where agents can enter business people's minds while they're put into a drug-induced sleep in order to steal trade secrets. This is known as extraction. And with skillful architects to build a convincing dreamscape and talented agents to operate within the dream, it's relatively easy. More difficult, and some say impossible in the film, is the act of inception, of planting an idea into the unconscious, and then the person acting upon it back in the real world. Central to the plot is the concept of dreams within dreams. And during the film we see characters going deeper down the levels of dreamscapes. Waking up in this story requires waking up numerous times until you reach the top level reality. Time in the dream world passes much more quickly for the dreamer and at every level the effect is multiplied, meaning dreamers can lead many lifetimes within this state. One of the stories in the movie involves the protagonist Cobb's wife, Marl, with whom he had travelled down multiple dream levels. She's given an idea, Inception, by Cobb, in order for them to return to the real world. And that idea is, this is a dream. Marl had become so lost in the dream of dreams that she'd forgotten this most basic truth, and Cobb wants her, literally, to wake up. He is successful, and eventually she accepts this idea. But when they get back to the real world, she still has this belief in her head, planted by her husband, and she becomes obsessed by it, wanting to wake up again to the real world. Despite his protestations, She jumps from a high-rise building in order to wake up from what she believes is just another dream level. This is really the B-plot of the film. Most of the important action revolves around a sort of heist plot to plant the idea into a grieving son's mind to break up the family business he's inheriting. It is, however, central to the troubling conceit at the heart of what this film is all about. The big question Nolan leaves hanging for us to argue and think about is... Is Ma right? Is this just a dream that we've been watching? Is there another level above? The question of how do I know I'm dreaming is ancient, and I'm definitely not getting into that one today. 
But if we're using the waking up metaphor to describe leaving a cult, and importantly, also leaving behind the mentality, the question of knowing whether you've actually done it is important. In The Matrix, Neo wakes up into the real world and gets heavily involved in it. He becomes a freedom fighter to try to help others, ultimately hoping to bring down the entities that still mislead billions into living out their lives in a dream. Although grim, he knows he is now experiencing reality. In Inception, however, Marl believes she's not actually woken up, and that more of what I'm calling reality work needs to be done. I left the highly controlling religious group into which I was born about 25 years ago now. Upon leaving, I tried to adjust to my new understanding of the world. I'd formerly believed that Satan the devil was the real ruler of the world, pulling the strings, controlling people through education, entertainment and media, politics and other religions. These malevolent invisible forces were being allowed a limited time to mislead people into disobeying God, but shortly Jesus would bring Armageddon, the destruction of all the wicked. This worldwide slaughter would mean the deaths of billions, basically anyone who failed to worship God in the right way, our way. I was discouraged from getting a good education and a career, because the world offered nothing. Instead, I was to listen exclusively to a small group of men in another country who would tell me what to think and how to live my life. I was indoctrinated from infancy through a series of meetings and Bible studies, encouraged to become a window cleaner so I could dedicate more time to the evangelising work and not get sidetracked into pointless activities like earning money or developing a satisfying career. So waking up from this life meant questioning what I'd been told, from the only authority I'd ever really known. And I mean authority in more than one sense. The organisation was the final word on right and wrong. Sure, they would quote the Bible, but it was their interpretation, and no others were available, certainly not my own. They were also the authorities on everything else. Want to know about history? Here's the book you should read. What about archaeology? Here's the magazine to tell you what to think. What about the best way to raise your kids? You guessed it, they've got a book for that too. Unlike Neo or Marl, many of us didn't have a guide to help us wake up. It's a slow process of increasing doubts and discomfort, trying desperately to hold on to my faith. Eventually I started to force myself to open my eyes. A little at first. I was terrified that I would learn what I didn't want to learn, that I'd been misled all the time. Yes, that I'd been living in a dream world. No, Christ had not been ruling invisibly since 1914. No, God was not going to destroy everyone apart from a faithful few who were going to live forever on a paradise earth. No, millions of dead people were not going to be resurrected as human beings, still in their ancient garb and clothing. The realisation that you've been lied to all of your life is hard to take. It makes you cautious and vigilant to other people who claim to be able to give you answers or who try to have control over you, who might claim to be an authority about something, who ask you to accept something as truth. I'd been told to avoid the world, that it was dangerous, full of wicked people and there was nothing there for me. 
when I left, I realised this too was a lie. Yes, there are some bad things that happen in the world, far too many, but there are also opportunities. There are opportunities to actually do some good, to make the world a bit better. There are opportunities to develop and learn, and I still had time to start a new career. I became a corporate trainer and then went to university as a mature student and got a psychology degree. I then did my master's in organisational psychology, working in an interesting and satisfying career. I also had the pleasure of being able to do a podcast with my adult daughter, who's never had to wake up from the dream world thousands of young cult members will. In the early days of leaving, I dabbled with alternative ideas. I read the books of Graham Hancock and I attended a seminar at London with a number of writers and self-styled ancient Egypt experts, some of whom went on to appear on the infamous Ancient Aliens TV show. At the seminar, they had somehow convinced an official in charge of the Egyptian antiquities to attend, to say a few words and take a few questions from the floor. I raised my hand and was picked. I waited for the microphone and asked why the authorities in Egypt had refused to engage with the question of whether there was a hall of records buried somewhere within the complex at the Giza Plateau. The audience around me clapped. There was something intoxicating about it. My experience of leaving my cult had taught me something. I'd learned how to fight the man, how to challenge the only authority I'd ever known. And now here was this guy, a representative of the new man, the new authority, and I had the skills to push back. I mention this because I've noticed an apparent tendency for leavers of fringe groups like mine with cultic practices to become passionate believers in wide-ranging alternative belief systems. Like the theories about ancient, advanced, hidden civilizations, these systems provide another opportunity to challenge authority, the accepted worldview. For those of us who've done this once already, it's another opportunity to realise a new truth. In fact, whenever I've engaged with people who hold these types of worldviews, that claim a hidden cabal of demonic, maybe alien, but certainly highly competent string pullers, the cry to me is to wake up. Don't get me wrong, are there shady, powerful figures in networks of power who try to stack the cards in their favour? Of course. If you've been to the right school or university, if you move in the right circles, if you're willing to cheat and exploit the system, you have a massive advantage. In the UK, out of the 56 Prime Ministers we've had since the 1700s, 30 of them went to one single university, Oxford, and 27 were schooled at Eton or Westminster. One of my frustrations is that while people are busily looking for secret societies that have control over world affairs, the most obvious examples of undue influence are right there in plain sight. Anyway, I digress. The question I'm asking in this piece really is, when we leave, do we become a Moll or a Neo? It's ironic because the so-called Red Pill movement uses the imagery of the Matrix. But Neo woke up, knew he was awake and lived in the real world. Sure, he fought the injustice he saw, but he was engaged in the world in which he lived. Mal, on the other hand, could never accept she was awake and the world in which she was living was real. 
At the end of the movie, we're left watching the spinning totem. If it keeps spinning, we're in the dream. If it falls, we're in the real world. Of course, Nolan keeps us guessing and cuts to the credits before we know for sure. But in a way, it doesn't matter. My assertion would be that for Marl, she would never accept she was in the real world. Inception had worked too well for her. It was as though she was addicted to this way of thinking. She had to carry on looking for more and more levels, for more and more dreams to wake up from. I find it sad that so many people leave high control groups and then get sucked into a new, all-consuming fringe belief system. But contrary to a popular opinion that they've not left behind their cult mindset, I believe that it's a case of learning the wrong lesson from the experience. Instead of being a Neo and embracing the reality of the world, trying to make it better, they become a Marl, obsessed with waking up again and realising another level of reality and existence. After my dalliances with fringe archaeology and ancient aliens, I realised that the best thing I could do was get a good education and engage with the world into which I had emerged. This world has a lot wrong with it. As I write, there are multiple wars claiming thousands of lives. We still have hunger in the world. We have authoritarian governments denying people basic freedoms. We have massive inequality and people's lives cut short by treatable diseases. There's plenty to put right, plenty to challenge those in authority about. But putting these things right requires engagement with the individuals and institutions of the world. Not imagining a different one where lizard people control world events and where every person in every institution is somehow part of a grand conspiracy. Or where the Earth is really flat and NASA along with every other space agency or company has been lying to us all along. As I've said, my waking up process took years and spanned the start of the new millennium. It was my most important achievement. I don't need to do it again. I understand that politicians lie. They want to hold on to power. I know that many in big business are corrupt and they dodge their taxes. That powerful people scratch each other's backs. I understand that some scientists don't always follow the scientific method and that they may even at times lie. I hate that drug companies make so much money and seem to care less about actually helping people than their profits. There have been and will be scandals that reveal the selfishness and heartlessness of some people. But these are things happening in the real world. We need more independent journalists, more holding politicians to account, more asking awkward questions of those in positions of power and authority. What we don't need is more people believing that there is another reality and that we just need to wake up and it will all be okay. No. This is it. This is the world we have. So let's make it a better one.